When I was a little boy, I remember uh, living in a parsonage, one of the most unique parsonages and most wonderful parsonages that we ever lived in. It was a farmhouse, and it belonged to, to the Russell Parmalee family. And there were godly people who really loved the Lord and who really loved the church and, uh, and, who, and who just faithfully uh, contributed to the church and worked in the church down there in Wayland. It was First Baptist Church of Wayland, and it's a church that my dad was instrumental in starting while he was in seminary in Grand Rapids. And I remember just as a boy driving down there, the 20 miles from Grand Rapids to Wayland every, every Sunday. And eventually, initially we met in the basement of, uh, of the, the, of the uh, post office, which was a little pool hall. And we would have to push the pool table back and sweep up the cigarette butts and create a little church-like atmosphere. And uh, it was, it was uh, and I have other stories I could tell. I won't right now. Thank you for that. And, but, um, but we lived in that, in that farmhouse. Russell Parmalee came down one night in the spring, and he turned over some earth, and he, pl- he, he made a garden plot for us and for himself. They had a nice enriched soil there next to that house. And so he says, well, Pastor Pierpont, he says to my dad, we'll give you this half, and, and we'll take this half. And he said, and when? He said, matter of fact, he says, we've got some tomato plants here, and I'll give, him, give you half of the tomato plants and then I'll, I'll take half of the tomato plants. And my dad was young, and he said, when, and I will pray over my tomato plants, and then you pray over your tomato plants, and we'll see whose prayers God answers. And my dad's tomatoes were so much bigger, and his tomato plants were significantly bigger. It was really quite a few weeks in that he admitted that not only did he pray for those tomato plants, but he used a very powerful hormone spray on them. <laughs> The moral of the story is pray and use the hormone spray on your tomato plant. And also, the moral of the story is um, prayer really is a significant part of our, of our Christian experience. And it's been on my heart here. And so it's something that I want to talk to you a little bit about tonight to help you uh, to enrich your prayer life. I heard a man say this. He said, there's two things that most Christians are dissatisfied with themselves about. One of them is their experience in witnessing. And the other one is, can you guess? Their prayer life. Most Christians really aren't satisfied that they are as effective as they would like to be in witnessing. And, and maybe that would include most of us. And most Christians are not satisfied that they're as, as effective as they would like to be in, in, their, in their own prayer. And what I'm going to tell you tonight is, and what the Lord's been working in my life uh, about, and I've been practicing in, with, with great you know, enrichment really is, Something that will help you with both at the same time. And it will help you in being more effective at witnessing to people. And it will help you have a more of an enriched uh, prayer life. And so um, let me give you some practical biblical suggestions about how to enrich your prayer, prayer experience tonight. And I'll just number them. Number one, pray for more people. Pray, pray for more people. Lengthen your prayer list. Just pray for more people. Put more people on your prayer list. It just seems so super simple. But it really is working for me, if, I, if you don't mind me saying it. It's just pray for, and now what's the biblical basis for that? Well, you can look at the Apostle Paul, and you can study his prayer life by tracking what he said about prayer in the epistles. And he really did pray for a large number of people by name. He traveled around his world, and he kept adding people to his prayer list. 
And this is the way to enlarge your heart. And so I have, for instance, I pray through my churches that I've served. Now, I've served in 10 different churches, not as a full-time pastor. Some of them I was a part-time. Sometimes I was an interim pastor. Uh, but, but, you know, 10 different churches. Uh, and the people come to my mind, and I, and I pray for them. And I, uh, you, by the way, this, I'm just going to throw this in here. Um, so how many of you are on Facebook and you're willing to, uh, to admit it publicly? Raise your hand up on Facebook. Okay. On Facebook, what you can do is you can poke your friend. Don't poke your friend. But you can click on your little thing that says friends. And all your friends will show up as pictures, right? That's kind of cool. Just take that sometime, hit that, and then just go scrolling through your Facebook and pray for all those people. And it's, or, or, or you ever notice that some of your friends do stupid things on Facebook? Raise your hand if you do friends that do stupid things. Yeah. And or they say things like, are you serious? Are you really serious right now? Did you really just put that on Facebook? Well, that'd be a great time to say, that person <laughs> seriously needs prayer. I mean, that, that really happens, right? And, and so there's a go. So, anyway, but pray for more people. Lengthen your prayer list, all right? And, and it's like a way of enlarging your heart. If somebody comes through town, at a, a missionary or something, and we, we can easily forget them, forget their kids' names, forget their prayer requests. But we can make, make a note of that and put it somewhere where you have whatever your system is, a prayer journal or an iPad or something, and put it there. So pray for more people. Lengthen your prayer list like the Apostle Paul. Then the second thing is pray. Change the way you pray. In other words, pray, pray with more fervency. So you're praying with, for more people. And you're, and, and you're praying with more fervency. The Bible does talk about a, a kind of a way that we pray with fervency, right? And my favorite example is, you know, when you call out to your dad, hey, can we get some ice cream? That's a different thing than, dad, please open the car door. You just slammed the car door on my hand, right? There's one is like, can we get ice cream? The other's like, dad, and God wants us to just cry out to him fervently. Um, and you can see this in the scriptures, when you read, the, I'm going to give you some examples tonight of, of and study these on your own, but Bible people who, who prayed and, and they prayed with a, like, with a fervency. We gave one example last Sunday morning when we were talking about Solomon and the dedication of the temple, and you just listen to the language of that. He's on his knees, he's raising up his hands, he's crying out to God. Nehemiah chapter 1 is a really good example of that. Take your Bibles and turn to Nehemiah chapter 1. Let's just look at Nehemiah's prayer, and you'll see that in this case, he was praying with fervency. Um, Nehemiah chapter 1, and um, verses 1 uh, through 10, through the whole first chapter, words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah, came to pass in the month of Shizlev, 20th year, Sushan and the citadel, Hananiah, uh, one of my brethren, came with men from Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity concerning Jerusalem. They said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are in great distress and reproach, and the wall of Jerusalem is also broken down. The gates are burned with fire. And so it was when I heard these things. Here we go. I sat down and I wept. Feel the fervency of this prayer. I sat down and wept and I mourned for many days, and I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. That's praying with fervency. I said, pray, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments, please let your ear be attentive and your eyes be open that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now day and night for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against you, both my father's house and I have sinned. And we have acted very corruptly against you, have not kept the commandments and the statutes, nor the ordinances, 
which you commanded your servant Moses. So he's confessing. Remember, I pray the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though some of you were cast out to the farthest part of the heavens, yet I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. Now these are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and your strong hand. Lord, I pray, please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name and let your servant prosper this day, I pray, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man for I am the king's cupbearer. Do you catch it? I mean, he's fasting, he's praying, he's talking about how great God is, he's confessing sin, he's quoting scripture, and he's pleading with God. This is a fervent prayer. This isn't just a little, you know, this little now I lay me down to sleep. He's praying fervently. This is true also uh, in the Bible. If you look in the ninth chapter of Daniel, you can see a prayer of Daniel. Notice how Daniel is praying. It's, it's an amazing prayer. Uh, you know, I won't read all of Daniel's prayer but he, he says in verse 3 that he set his face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplications and fasting and sackcloth and ashes. They didn't, he didn't eat. He prayed. He prayed to the Lord and he made confession. He said, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps covenant and mercy with those who love him, with those who keep his commandments. We have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled. Do you see the parallel between Nehemiah's prayer and Daniel's prayer? There, he's saying... God, this is who you are. You're a covenant-keeping God. You keep your promises. Oh, and we are sinful people. And these are your promises I'm claiming. And, 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 he, for, and he also is going without food. He's fasting. He's serious. He's fervent. He says, your precepts, judgments, neither have we heeded your servants. The, this is verse 6. The prophets who spoke in your name to our kings and our princes, to our fathers and all the people of the land. Lord, righteousness belongs to you, but to us shame of face. And again, if you you read through this entire chapter, you get all the way to verse 18. Oh, my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations, the city which is called by your name. We do not present our supplications before you because of our righteous deeds, but because of your great mercies. Oh, Lord, hear. Oh, Lord, forgive. Oh, Lord, listen and act. Do not delay for your own sake, my God, for your city and for your people who are called by your name. Do you catch the fervency of the prayer? So, so there are times when you have a simple thank you prayer. And you, you, there are times when you have a, a simple please, Lord, please, I need this prayer. And there are times that you just have a simple word, like thank you for that, this is beautiful, Lord. But there are times you get to have a serious prayer business. And you, and you may not eat. And you, you call upon God and you prepare this prayer and you know the word. So, so I'm just saying, how can you enrich your prayer experience? Well, pray for more people and pray like people in the Bible prayed. Pray fervently. Can I ask you to pray fervently for this church? Pray fervently for this church that it would win people to Christ, that the people that are in the church would deepen their roots in the Lord, that God would, would give us his favor and his blessing so that we could send many uh, to train for ministry, to, 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 to do ministry, um, that this area would have this great uh, gospel lighthouse along with the other ones that he's put here. Pray fervently for that. Pray fervently for your family. Pray fervently for your missionaries. Pray fervently for national leaders, for your country, for the people that you tend, you know, that we tend to criticize. In, Ch- in Daniel chapter 6, remember, that's the incident where they caught him praying because he did it all the time. And he set his face to Jerusalem and he prayed three times a day. This was his custom since the early days. So he prayed frequently and he prayed fervently and he had a long prayer list. 
The early church prayed like that. The church was born in a prayer meeting in Acts chapter 2. They're not having a preaching meeting. They're having a prayer meeting, and the Holy Spirit falls, and that's the beginning of the church. And all through the book of Acts, they're praying, and they're praying, and they're praying. If there's one thing that we, have, we continue to do, we preach, do we pray like they prayed? I wonder. And uh, Paul prayed. If, if You can see two of Paul's, the richness of two of Paul's prayers. If you want a pattern for prayer, you can look in the Psalms. You can also look in Paul's prayers. In, in Ephesians uh, 2 and 3, there are prayers of, of Paul, and they are rich, beautiful prayers. You can actually take those prayers and other prayers like it, and you can, you can plug the names of your loved ones. And I, that's when I, the, the, at the, Ephesians 3 is my default prayer for my family and for you. I've prayed Ephesians 3 for you hundreds of times, that you would be filled with all the fullness of God, that you would be rooted and grounded in love. Um, for, for you, hundreds of times. It's what I default to if I'm driving my car and I drive by your house, and I think about you, and I'm out driving by God. I pray that they would be rooted and grounded in love, that they would know the fullness of God, the height, the depth, the width, the breadth, the length of God's love, that they would be full, filled with all the fullness of God. Pray with fervency. Number three, and by the way, that's the way Jesus prayed. The Bible says that he uttered strong prayers all night. You know, often you read about Jesus' prayer life a lot. If anybody, you know, it's interesting that, who, why would we think we don't need to pray if Jesus in his incarnation prayed? <laughs> pray. Some of you, you know, why is it, you, know, you ever notice that what we do is we tend to do everything first and then pray last. It's really common as a pastor to go visit homes and then when you get done, don't do this now if I visit your home because then you'll be like a bad illustration for me. I will use you as a bad, right? And, and, and they'll say, we'll talk for hours, you know, and then we'll chit-chat about this, that, and the other thing, the tigers and, 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 the, and the weather and, and everything else. And then somebody will say, Pastor's going to pray real quick before he goes. Well, it's like, well, we're going to talk to Jesus real quick because we just like, we just talk for hours, but our little prayer is going to be real quick. We do this all the time. We do it in our meetings, you know, we say, uh, I, I was talking to a pastor, he said, uh, they were talking about their deacons meetings, and, 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 they, and they have a system in their deacons meetings how what they do is, he says what they do is, I can't describe it all, but, but the deacons have their groups, and then the deacons come to the meeting with a request from their group, and each deacon, I think, can give three requests per month, and, and so there's three major people in their group they're praying for, and then, each, and then everybody stops right then, and they pray, and the church is about our size. I said, well, that would take like two hours to do that. He goes, oh yeah, we, we, we pray for two hours before we do anything else. I'm like, oh wow, well, there you go. It's interesting. Um, and so Jesus prayed all night often. He, the Bible says he, 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 he cried out with loud cries in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 7. When he prayed with his disciples, he prayed faithfully, he prayed fervently, he prayed frequently, he prayed for long periods of time. If Jesus did that, maybe we should do that. Like think about what's bugging you right now. And isn't it true that we tend to do everything we can and then when all, the only thing left is pray, then we pray as a last resort. What would happen if we just changed that and the first thing we did was pray and we bathed all our efforts in prayer and we acknowledge that God is the only one that can, so, so it is when Jesus, Jesus prayed. So, so number one tip is pray for more people. Let's pray for more people. Number two tip, biblical idea, based on these prayers of the Bible, is pray with more fervency. Number three tip is pray with more frequency. Just pray more often. This is really crazy, but is it raining? Isn't it raining? Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. We have nice green grass, aren't we? It's a pretty sound, isn't it? A sound of abundance of rain. It's like a hymn. 
Uh, Showers of Blessing. Remember that song? Yeah. We think in hymns around here. Yeah. Um, God's favor. The rain is uh, evidence of God's blessing and his favor. And he is good. We pray more frequently. Now, this is just crazy, but here's what's, what God showed me the other day. Pray through the membership quicker. And it's just a simple little thing. Pray more quickly through the membership. and the, So not only the membership, but the regular attenders. A, a couple sent me a picture this morning on my phone, and it said, please pray for our family. I'm like, I'll write, immediately my heart went out to them. I'm like, I wonder what's wrong. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, wait, <laughs> that's what I told them to do. Send, <laughs> send me a picture. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, I need to go help them. They're, they're in trouble, you know. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's what he told me. Another family, two families today, two, the, good, the good rats, the smart rats, they sent me pictures and all their, hey, that's a, that was a good offer this morning. I will pray for you. Most of you, I have your families have been praying for you, and I have your pictures, and you might want to update them a little bit, you know. But anyway, and I'm, but I have that, and, and I pray, I'm praying for you, and sometimes out on the porch, which is what I love to do, or sometimes in the bed, and sometimes in my little study at home, and sometimes in my study here. Uh, I, I, I want to pray for you, but, I want, but, but the Lord just showed me this little simple thing, and that was I was taking a long time praying through the list, and now I, I feel like when my, my friend, Pastor D. Duke, said, pray for every one of your people every week. Just sh- qu- pray quicker, <laughs> more. And pray, you pray more to do that, and you have to pray more quickly to do that and get through your list more quickly. And so, like, you are now divided up. I have a day of the week I pray for you, and, and uh, six days a week. And, and, and so how would you do that? You, you might think, again, pray with more frequency. Here's another way to do that. Attach prayer reminders to certain things, you know. Like, you know, for instance, if, the, if, I, if I see anything with the University of Michigan on it, then I would pray for Bill Musham, because I don't know if you knew this, but he attended the University of Michigan. You know, I, I'm a Ohio State fan, but I never went to school there, you know. I mean, I just, uh, but anyway, uh, that wouldn't necessarily be, I, Bill comes to mind pretty frequently anyway without that. And I was just kidding, but it might be, you know, I know somebody works for the Ford Motor Company, and whenever I see a Ford, I pray for them. You see what I'm saying? Uh, and and, and there, there are times that just whatever, you know, with, with you, some of you have a business. When I drive by your business, every time I pray. When I drive by the, the street where you live, you know, many, many times, aren't, I've been down that road you live on, I'm like, the arms live right back in there, and you're on my heart, and I, and I pray for you. And um, this would be something that you, you could do whenever a certain thing reminds you of a certain person. Whenever I see a brand new sparkling Ford truck, I pray for Dan and Wes, because the knuckleheads bought a brand new sparkling Ford truck, and when you buy a big expensive truck like that, you're going to need prayer just to pay it off. But we've done our part to stimulate the economy around here. You can feel free to pray for me. I, I would just say selfishly, it'll, it'll bless you if you pray for me, and I'll try to bless you. But, and that would be, and by the way, you know, I'm not being crabby here, but, you know, every once in a while, you know, you know, I might say something or do something, you think, are you kidding? Did you really do that? Did you say that? That wasn't, that wasn't smarter. I wish you hadn't. Or why did you pick that song? Or who, you know. But here's the thing I have noticed, though. If you're praying for me, like, it's, it's, you're a little more tolerant because you've invested in me. You know what I'm saying? You're like, you know, kind of like he's a knucklehead, but he's my knucklehead that I pray for all the time. So, you know, and you know what I'm saying? So I'm just, I'm, I'm asking, uh, on, on whatever your birthday of the month is, 
I, I would love to, if I may do this, put a calendar out, you know, and then, and then ask people to sign the date of the month, they, the day of the month they were born. I was born the third of a month, so I would pray on the third, right? So, and, we, and, and, and I would like to fill in a calendar so that I know somebody's praying for me, uh, that I would be blessing to you and, and, and to the, every day of the month. Well, we could come up with creative things like that. One of the sweetest things I heard when I came to this church, and, and I think we don't want to let this slip, but we want to, re, uh, to, to stimulate it, and that is, I heard all the time, she's my prayer partner, he's my prayer partner. I just think we ought to keep doing that. I, I just, it's simple, it's simple, super simple, organic. You can pick somebody, you can pick a time to pray. You can sometimes pray over the phone if you're out of town. You can meet at prayer meeting night. You can meet another time. Pray, with, get somebody or, or three, and that's the, the finest form of a small group where two or three are gathered together in my name. There am I in the midst of them. Uh, the, pray with more frequency. So pray for more people. Pray more fervently. Pray with more frequency. Pray for longer periods of time. Pray. Spend more time praying. Um, you know, f- for instance, a football game takes about three hours. A really good football game might take three and a half hours, you know. That's a chunk of time, you know. And so, you know, one thing, I'm not putting down football. That would be the last thing I'm going to do this time of the year, you know. But, but I'm just saying, you know, what is it that you do that's time-consuming that you could say, well, maybe what I'll do is I will take that and I'll give that to the Lord, that, that time I was going to do that, I'm going to, I'm going to give that to the Lord, and then I'm going to pray. And then maybe you go to the metro park, and you walk, and you pray. Or maybe you just get, you can't walk like that, but you can get in a car, and you can drive, and you can pray. Or, or maybe you could go to a, a special room where you can, just, um, you can just pray. But pray for longer periods of time um, if you wake up in the night. How many of you, you wake up involuntarily in the night because of uh, whatever maladies, whatever, and, and, you, and you pray during that time? Ra- raise your hand. Always, look at that, look at that, look at that. That's so beautiful. That's the way it's always been. Now, maybe if we prayed more, we wouldn't have to wake up in the night. I don't know, you know, but, but, but I do that too. I, I wake up in the night when I'm, I got aching knees or ankles and, and then whatever's on my heart, I talk to the Lord about. And it, what a beautiful thing to see your hands, uh, that, that you would do that. Young people, you don't get that yet, but you'll get it soon. Um, but, but, but pray for longer periods of time. Number four, so that was number one, is um, pray for more people. This is a very simple message. Number two, pray more frequently. Number three, pray with more fervency. That was, Two was fervency, and three was frequency, if it matters. And then pray, number three, longer periods of time. Oh, that's cool. I have two number threes. This is going to be really confusing. And I added, yeah, the next one. So now I'm going to be all off tonight. Pray for longer periods of time. You're like, Pastor, can't you even number your message? That would be number four except it's number three in my notes, but anyway. So pray for longer periods of time. Number five, pray at new times and in new ways. So think of some new times to pray and some new ways to pray. You know, this might sound silly, you know, but I I often uh, pray for (laughs) cleansing in the shower because you're cleaning yourself and pray, cleanse me, Lord. And uh, I often pray uh, prayers of thanksgiving when I pillow my head at night because I am thankful to the Lord. And uh, I often pray prayers of aspiration when I get up in the morning because I have a new, fresh new day ahead of me. Um, and, and I often pray. Um, I have this, this uh, habit of, uh, that I, that's three generations deep in our family that we connect with mom and dad on Sunday night. And that's what my parents did. Um, and they would always give grandma and grandpa a call and they would talk to them about the things of the Lord because everybody's in ministry and on Sunday nights when I leave here, my natural just, if, if I don't do it, my parents think, 
something's wrong, um, is on the way home from church, they want to know how it went, and they want to know all about that. And, that's all that. and I called them on the way home, and last Sunday night they were here, and on the way home I picked up the phone. I thought, what am I doing? I just, I just talked to them. They're, they're right here. Uh, and you might have a little sacred time that's, that, that's when you pray uh, for that person, or you might have something that they gave you. And, and this is a beautiful thing. And I have, and I won't say what it is, but I have a, an item that was given to me by a person that's very important to me. And I have that in my study. And then every time I see that, I remember so much about that person. And I pray for that person. And you might do that same thing. Uh, new times and new ways. I read a beautiful book not too long ago, a few years ago. I've bought copies of it for people who uh, are precious to me. And, and it's by a pastor whose name was David Hansen, and the, and the book is called A Long Wandering Prayer. And David Hansen wrote this gorgeous book when he was a pastor in Montana. I spoke with him on the phone. I was speaking to, I was speaking to him recently. He moved away from Montana, so his books aren't as interesting to read anymore because he used to be in Montana, and he would hike in the mountains and pray and, and fly fish and pray, and now he lives in Cincinnati, and he walks on a golf course. So I'm like, move back to Montana. Your books were a lot cooler when you lived in Montana. But, um, but, he, but he walks and he prays. And he has this gorgeous book called A Long Wandering Prayer. Moody was in England. And he was a very unusual guy. And he had a big meeting in England and, and, it, and the, the hall was packed. One of the young men at the meeting that night, Moody was to preach. And it was arranged by the clergyman from the area and one of the young men that was in the meeting had been talked into going to the meeting. He wasn't really a meeting goer. He was a doer. He was a guy that was on his feet. He was an outdoorsman. He was a guy that got things done. He didn't sit in meetings. But he heard this unusual guy, Moody, was coming to England. And so he says, well, I'll give it a try. But if it gets boring, I'm going to leave the meeting. And it got boring right away. There was a pastor who got up and he started to give this windy, theologically laden, interminable prayer and in the middle of the prayer, Wilfred Grenfell, the young man, got, decided he was this close from getting up and walking out of the meeting. And Moody stood up and interrupted the pastor's prayer. Don't you ever do this to me. And Moody stood up and interrupted the pastor's prayer. And he says, while the brother finishes his prayer, Sankey's going to sing a rousing hymn. <laughs> and, so, and so Wilfred Grenfell thought, I like this guy. And that night, God called Wilfred Grenfell into missions and he eventually ended in Labrador in Canada. And when he died, there were hospitals and churches and schools and orphanages. There's still colleges in, in, in that part of Canada today named after Wilfred Grenfell because Moody had the sense to interrupt this long-wandering prayer. That's a bad kind of long-wandering prayer, but there's a good kind of long-wandering prayer. Jesus prayed outdoors while he was walking. That's really beautiful. We know that Jesus hiked all over the Holy Land. He slept out under the stars on the Mount of Olives overlooking the city that he loved. He loved solitary places. He loved the wild. He loved to be in the wilderness with his father. And rising up a great while before daylight, he went out to a solitary place, and there he prayed. This is what we ought to do, the same thing. Jesus taught his disciples to do that. God told Abraham to go outside and think about the stars and the sand. He told him to vigorously hike all over the land and meditate on the scope of his promises. He did the same with Isaac. He did the same with Jacob. Remember when Isaac, he was out meditating in the field at night when his young bride came. This is a good thing. David Hansen wrote, did not Jesus go to the mountain to pray? Absolutely. When did you last pray on a mountain? 
I prayed on a mountain yesterday alone. Birds whistled, the river roared, the wind howled, and my heart thumped as I climbed the mountain. Alone with God, I felt quite free to speak out loud. It was quiet. My body was not subdued. My prayers reflected invigoration. You see what I'm saying about when he was in Montana and wrote about praying? You can go outdoors and pray. You say, well, I can't even walk around anymore. Well, get in your car and drive outdoors. Take a little drive. Talk to the Lord. I do that often. Um, there are many outdoor scriptures, the scriptures say so frequently about that. I met a pastor whose name was Hummertz. Pastors of a church he started in Pennsylvania, in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. And the church is a flourishing church. And I asked him, he said, what was the, what, if, you, if you said, what was the one secret to your, your church being a flourish? He goes, oh, I walked the battlefields and I prayed. I walked and I walked and I walked the battlefields and I prayed. He credits his success in building the church to the Lord, and, and he says the church is a product of long, wandering prayer on the battlefields around town. Jesus is still teaching his disciples to pray indoors or outdoors. Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. There was a walk to Emmaus. Remember, the disciples' hearts burned within them. Jonathan Edwards once said, I once as I rode out of the woods for my health in 1737, being alighted from my horse in a retired place, as my manner commonly had been to talk for divine, walk for divine contemplation and prayer. I had a view that for me was extraordinary of the glory of the Son of God, a mediator between God and man, the wonderful, grateful, pure, sweet grace and love, and meek and gentle condescension. Edwards said he especially had uh, prayer outdoors. So this is great for a bad fishing day, Brother Dave. If you're out there getting skunked on the river, which you probably don't get skunked very often, but you ever been skunked out there? For a Christian, that's okay, because you're in creation, and your Heavenly Father is bending over and, and listening to your prayers. How wonderful is that? You're working on a project. And you can pray while you're working on the project. You're doing the dishes. You can pray while you're doing it. You're making a bed for somebody. You can pray while you're making a bed. You're fixing a car for somebody. You can pray while you're fixing a car. You're ministering health to somebody. You, they can't keep you from praying for them. What a powerful thing it is to pray. And to be it. So that, those are just, think of new ways. Nehemiah got a vision at night. Chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, walking around at night. No doubt prayer was a part of that. Then number six, I think it is, is pray sooner. Pray sooner. Stop and pray immediately. You guys probably know this, but you know we tend to say, well, I'll pray for you. And then what if we forget? Then we feel really guilty. Like, and then the person says, hey, oh, oh, I wanted to let you know, because you know, I know you're praying for me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, what was that? You know? And they're like, did you pray for me? So it was kind of cute to this morning. I've been praying, and I've been praying more frequently. So one of the brothers go out, goes out to me and he goes, what's my name? I was like, right away, I told him his name. And my mind was like, I prayed for you yesterday. And I prayed for you last night, and I prayed for you this morning. So it's easy to remember your name. Anyway, pray sooner. Stop immediately and pray. So when somebody says, will you pray for me, a good thing to do is just to go, oh, yeah, let's do that right now. And then just pray. How, how beautiful is that? And then number, I think, seven, right? <laughs> My seven. Pray when you're tempted. Watch and pray. Jesus said to his disciples, lest you enter into temptation. Pray when you're tempted. How many of you ever get tempted? Raise your hand. Yeah, <laughs> we all get tempted. So right there is like, that's a reminder. What did Jesus say? Watch and pray. Look out for temptation and then pray. 
when you're in temptation. And so let me tell you four times to pray when you're tempted, and we'll be done tonight. Number one is pray when, I, when you're tempted to criticize your brothers and sisters in Christ, and we all are. Pray when you're tempted to criticize. You might be tempted to criticize your own kids, right? Your own mom and dad. The ones we love the most. We can, but pray when the brethren, if a man's overtaken in a fault, you that are spiritual, restore one in a spirit of meekness, right? These six things the Lord hates. The last one is he who sows discord among the brethren. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, 18, praying always with prayer, supplication, and being watchful in this with perseverance and supplication for all saints. Don't, you know, don't be tempted to criticize your brothers and sisters. Pray for them. Them. Pray for them. Uh, and we could, we could go on and on. You never know what's going on with people. You don't know. Even the people you know best, you don't know. I was a fellow in a mission field once, and he was just displaying this bizarre behavior. And the people were just certain he was demon-possessed. And so they got all kinds of exorcism, kinds of things going. And then finally they got him to some medical treatment and realized that he had a parasite in his brain. And, and when that was corrected, his behavior went back to normal. He didn't need a demon cast out of him. Let's be careful with one another, that we pray for one another instead of criticizing one another. Criticism can be a very painful sting. So let's be careful. We all do it. Um, so when you're tempted to criticize, number two, when you're tempted to condemn unbelievers, and we all are, right? Those wicked people. But, but Jesus didn't come to condemn. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So when you're tempted to condemn the world, like, go ahead and go to hell. You deserve it, you know. Stop. That's not the spirit of Christ. Remember that? Pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. Pray for them. Repay no one evil for evil, Romans says. Have regard for good things in the sight of men. If it's possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves. Give place to wrath. It's written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. This is, in this way, you'll heap coals of fire on his head. And don't be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Don't condemn unbelievers. Pray for them. Don't criticize believers. Pray for them. Don't covet things. Pray for what God wants you to have. Um, I, this is off the subject, but it popped in my mind, so I'm going to say it right now. And that is, um, how many of you, just can I give you a little like open survey? How many of you normally pray silently? Raise your hand. Normally pray silently? Okay. And how many of you normally pray out loud? Raise your hand. Do you mind me asking that? And how many of you do both? Raise your hand. Of course, everybody probably. Um, what, what I notice is uh, when I went to grad school, I was alone in a room. And I was extremely grateful that God sent me to that grad school. And so every night when I get in my bed, I just pray out loud. And I thought I would have such enriching times with the Lord when I was in grad school because I was alone in the room praying out loud at night. And when I got home and Lois was there, I felt weird about that. So I didn't pray out loud. I mean, I pray with her, but I didn't you know, have my time. And if she would be on the road or something, and I'd pray out loud. And I would think, what a time I have with the Lord. And I realized... Praying out loud is, for me, is useful. And so I need to go someplace where I'm not conscious other people are listening to me. Maybe that's why Jesus said, go, if you're going to pray, go in a closet, shut the door. But find a place, often think of the men of the church and maybe the women too, who are commuting or driving in their car. And if you want to, put a Bluetooth in your ear so people think you're talking to somebody, you know, and then just talk to the Lord. <laughs> talk to him. And maybe you'll drive better. Um, but but um, when you're tempted to covet things you don't have, pray. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it will be open to you. And then when you pray, he may give you what you ask for. You may ask for something, he'll just give it to you. I've had that happen many times. He may, you may ask him for something and he may say, I'm going to give that to you later. Maybe a long time later. Um, indulge me one little, little story. I prayed for Holly for a mate. 
I prayed diligently. I'm telling you, I prayed. I prayed for Kyle, for a mate. I really prayed. I mean, I seriously prayed. I really prayed. For, for, for uh, Kyle, uh, the other day, I, a, a picture surfaced when I was cleaning out my study, and I thought, what day was that taken? So I got my journals out. I started to go through my journals, and I found the day in my journals that that was taken. And then as I began to read the journal, I had written in there, as Kyle had graduated from this missionary program, and I, I had written out my prayer, and I had described the girl that I wanted him to marry. And as I read that page, I thought, that's what God did. That's exactly what God did. That is exactly, that girl I described on that page that I didn't know is exactly what God gave to him. And then I I remember years and years ago going to this big conference and praying for Holly. And, you know, she was kind of younger then. And I was just praying, Lord, when she grows up, I want her to marry a solid guy with this quality and that quality and this quality and that quality. We, we, We went back and we correlated that, and he was in the room. He was in the room when I was praying that prayer. He was in the room. And it would be like years. Steve, you remember the night they met? You were there. You met him before I did. Yeah. I'm sitting in my house and Steve texts me and says, Jesse and Holly are right here. I got my eye on him. I'm like, at the restaurant, I'm like, thank you for that. How, does he look like a decent guy? He's like, haven't decided yet. I'm still, you know, looking. No, you think he said it looks like a good guy. Isn't that awesome? That was the sweetest thing. And God brought that. It, I just know that was an answer to prayer. Sometimes God will give you what you ask for right away, and sometimes he'll give you what you ask for, but it'll be a wait. And you'll be up in the night just crying out and God praying. Now I'm tempted to tell all the stories of the kids' mates, but I should move right along. Um, he may deny your request because it wouldn't be good for you. He may just go, no, 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 no. Don't you ask me for that. He know you better than that. That's not what you need. <laughs> He may, I, I remember one night staying up all night. I stayed up all night praying that this girl would like me. <laughs> I pray, I'm telling you, I figured if I just really lean on God, he'll make that girl like me. You know, she didn't. <laughs> she didn't. She didn't. She dumped me. That was bad. Later on, she did. Later on, a couple years later, she liked me. I was like, <laughs> no, no, never mind. I, nice girl, you know. You know, and just, you know, just saying, comparing that girl who is a very fine Christian lady and, and my Lois, I'm like, no. well, he, I'm glad he knew what he was doing. He totally gave me who I needed, just exactly who I needed. Was, okay, sorry, let me, let me finish. When, amen, amen. And number four, when you're tempted to complain about your circumstances. When you're tempted to, right, criticize your brother, condemn the unbeliever, covet stuff, and when you attempt to complain about your circumstances, then talk to the Lord in prayer. Um, Chris, there's that guy, uh, David Ring, who has cerebral palsy like you do. And he had shirts made, and, and they say, quit your belly aching. And, 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 and the other one says, don't whine, shine. And he's an afflicted guy. And, and so when I think about, you know, his affliction is like kind of similar to what you have, Chris, and, and, um, and then it makes me think, well, hey, now let's not complain about our circumstances, you know, because there's others that have, and you have cerebral palsy. And, and maybe that would be good for us to remember, you know, that, that for most of us it's easier to get around. And someday when you have your new body. And you, it was me that was, you know, just walking like everybody else. 
I, I can imagine you do want to walk like everybody else. I'd had surgery done and that didn't help. Yeah, the surgery didn't help. And, the, and the, you know, Jesus, when he healed people, they, they, you know, they were, sometimes they were what the Bible calls lame. I know, but sometimes I feel like I'm healed the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. And there will be a time when, when you have forever the ability to, to walk and leap and dance and rejoice. Yeah, that'll be great. So if you're tempted to complain about your circumstances, call Chris and, um, and talk to the Lord. I heard once about a fellow that was, uh, got involved in a religious order. And uh, it was one of those silent religious orders. And they said, you, you can't speak if you're coming here. At the end of ten, every 10 years, you can say two words. So at the end of 10 years, they called him in for his interview. And they said, well, you've been here 10 years. So what do you have to say? He said, food, bad. <laughs> it's all right. 10 years later, they called him back, you know. And they said, what do you have to say now? He says, bad, hard. And then finally, 30 years, 10 years later, they call him back in and they say, what do you have to say? And he says, the room is cold. Room cold. They said, get out of here. All you have done since you came is complain. <laughs> anyway, I, I love you and, and cherish you and, and thank God for you and, and uh, want to encourage you in what the Lord's been showing me in a deeper way. And that's uh, how can we go wrong? if we deepen our prayer experience with the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for tonight, for the songs that we've enjoyed singing, the chances that we had to give, and for Nick's testimony, and your work in his life. And, and Lord, for these truths that you're showing us from your word and in our own experience, I pray, Lord, that you would, even tonight, that couples would pray together who may not have prayed together normally. I pray that Maybe you'd encourage us to turn the TV off or not burn so much time and, and instead spend time in fellowship with you and in, in happy, joyful, meaningful fellowship. But Lord, forgive us that we don't know all of our missionaries' kids' names sometimes and help us to make that right and memorize those kids' names by praying for them regularly and faithfully. And then, Lord, we get to be a part of the victories that you allow them to win in the cause of Christ. I pray for those who are afflicted that are battling serious illness and you said for us to remember them. I pray for those who are in prison that, that you said not to forget those who are in prison. I pray, Lord, for those who are facing temptations that are dark that we don't even know about, that you would spare them from melting their lives down in a terrible way. I pray for our neighbors that are lost. pray for our leaders in the church, our deacons and teachers. And, and, uh, and tonight we, we, we especially pray for the people now as they go and they, they start their work week and their regular week that you would bless them wherever they go and use them in a way that's very special. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.